Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel him. I feel God in the house. Is anybody thankful they came to church? I'm telling you, there's no place like the house of God. There's no place like the church of the Almighty living God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, tonight, I'm just John the Baptist. I'm here to prepare the way for the man of God. But we have a few more prayer requests that we, we weren't able to get to uh, in a moment. And, uh, and we're going to lift these up in Jesus' name. Uh, we're going we're gonna to save them, read them off for another time because we got our evangelists. And we'll pray for those. Um, but what I have here in my hand, I want to mention to folks, we've been working on this. So uh, let me say this. There's some folks that don't see a lot happening, so they think there's nothing happening. And uh, we've got a lot of things that we're working on, and uh, we're trying to take our excellence to another level. And so what we have here is our new church card. We've been out for a little while. I know there's some folks have been asking about it, and they want to be able to invite somebody. Uh, this has our new website. Somebody said amen. It's going to look it's gonna look nice. Now, uh, bear with us. We're still adding more to it, and then we have a little technical difficulty on part of it. Um, that we were working through today as we speak, but it's up, it's ready. Uh, you can listen messages on there. You can send people there. Uh, it's got our service times. It's got our Instagram. It's got our Facebook. It's got all those things. Um, but you'll notice that on the very top, there's a little section that says invited by. Now, let me speak to those that want to grab 5,000 of these and let them sit and rot in your house. That is not what this is for. I, I promise we'll keep them coming. We'll keep them coming. There is a difference between an invitation and a blitz. We're going to do blitzes in the future. That's when we go and hand out a billion, and we're just trying to advertise and get a lot out there. Uh, but this is not a blitz card. Hallelujah. Let me pass her for a moment. This is quality, not quantity. We'd rather you have two or three good contacts through the week where you write your information on there and say, I'd love to get together with you. Amen. You've actually talked with them. Uh, than to go and hand out a thousand of these. Now, there will be a moment in time for that. I understand we do that. I believe in that. I'm knocking more doors than you could count. Uh, but, but this is where you write your information down and you tell them, I want you to be my guest. Amen. Amen. So we're going to have these in the back of the foyer uh, by the time service is over. Please grab a few. Uh, grab what you're willing to hand out, uh, what, you, what you're going to invite people to this week. Amen. But the, we do have these prayer requests. I want us to pray for them right now. Sister Kathy put one forth and Sister Pam put a couple of them forth. Let's pray right now. Jesus, we love you. We thank you, God. We know that you are a way maker, God. We're praying, Lord, for healing. God, we're praying, Lord, that you would touch, that you would deliver. And Jesus, we're giving you the glory, the praise, and all of the honor. Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, at this moment, I'd like to invite evangelist Justin Poindexter to come preach the Word of God. How many enjoyed church on Sunday? We had at least 14 guests here with us on Sunday, uh, and we started losing count. We were just having a Holy Ghost move. But I want to tell you, uh, as the pastor man, you ever more preached and uh, we want you to do the same thing tonight. Just follow the Holy Ghost and just, just bring us what God gave to you. We love you. We're behind you. Preach the word. Oh, the presence of the Lord is in the house. Can we just lift up our hands? Oh, let them saturate your mind. The comforter's in the house. Hmm. Cast your cares upon the Lord right now. Jesus, I love you. All of my confusion, God, I'm laying it at the feet of the Lord. Come on, come on. Hallelujah. Come on, this is the day of Pentecost. This is the day of Pentecost. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. Go ahead and entertain the presence of the Lord. His house shall be called the house of prayer. 
Come on, I feel the love of God in this place. I feel the grace. Lord, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my trespasses, oh God. Hallelujah. Go ahead and talk to him just a few moments in the place. I magnify you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We lift you up. Go ahead and let the day's drama wash off of your shoulders. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, that's it. Come on, you're staring up the gift of God right now. You're staring up the gift of miracles right now. You're staring up a, a word from the Lord, a breakthrough. You're stirring up blessings right now. You can feel it moving. You can feel the things break down right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Go ahead and love him by the sound of your voice. Out of the abundance of the heart, let my mouth speak great things unto the Lord. Come on. Somebody's getting a breakthrough right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody's getting a word. Somebody's getting a vision. God, I need you. Lord, I'm desperate for you. God, I'm hungering for you. Lord, I thirst after you. I need you more today than I needed you yesterday, God. Lord, I will not back up. I will not back down until I get a hold of you. Come on, somebody. Amen. The violent, take it by force. God, uh, you've got everything that I need. I will not let thee go in the midnight hour. Come on. That's it. That's it. That's it. It's moving. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke fear, doubt, and unbelief. I rebuke the spirit of affliction. I rebuke every lie of the devil. Somebody is going to get a revelation tonight. God, I love you. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Wave your hands if you can feel that soft presence of the Lord. Look, it's all witnesses in the house. Amen. I think one more time, can we just lift up our hands? Amen. Hallelujah. My house shall be called the house of prayer for all nations, for all ethnicity, for all peoples. Hallelujah. 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 I wonder if corporately we can do something for the Lord today. Amen. I wonder if we can tell him, Lord, by the grace of God, I will never give up on you. By the grace of God, not on my own, not on my own power. By the grace of God, I will never give up on you. Because he's never will give up on us. Huh. Right in the face of the adversary. Jesus said, No, I'm going all the way to the end. I got a people to reach. I've got somebody to heal. I've got somebody to save. And I'm thankful it was us. Praise the Lord. Amen. I am so delighted to be Jesus' name. One God. Tongue-talking. Bible-believing. Repenting. Apostolic. Shouting. Aisle-running. Devil-stomping. Repenting. Altars. It feels good to be Pentecostal in 2019. Anybody thankful? Come on. On that day of Pentecost, Peter said, repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The good news is that you can repent tonight, get right with God, get rid of whatever you need to get rid of. And the good news is that you can get baptized in Jesus' name tonight. Amen. They say, how did you get back? I got baptized in the middle of a Montana winter and a freezing temperature night in a metal horse trough, stepped in the water, 
Water was cold. Chilled my body, but not my soul. Amen. That's facts. Praise the Lord. That's facts. Hallelujah. I'm so delighted to be here. Amen. I give uh, honor to my special friends, Pastor and First Lady Hood. Amen. I, I'm telling you, I, I've known Pastor Hood for a very long time, and uh, he is definitely the real deal. As a matter of fact, you can go to his home church tonight, and uh, I think it probably I would probably be safe to say about 75% of the church has got his fingerprint on it. He's won so many souls, people in the church, and uh, a man of tremendous faith. And uh, man, I've I've seen him. I've seen him at times that others would have given up, turned back, and he just kept going. Amen. And uh, I'm thankful for men like that in our generation that love souls, that love the doctrine. And that won't give up. Praise God. Amen. And, uh, I appreciate the church and uh, all the accommodations and the sweet fellowship. Sisterhood, thank you so much. Man, I'm going to have to go run treadmill after this. Try to run off some of that good eating. But, uh, man, I'm thankful for ARC. Praise God. And uh, none of this is possible without the saints of the Lord. Amen. Without God. Thankful for my wife tonight. Amen. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 1. I do have a word from the Lord. Amen. And uh, I will try quickly to be respectful of the time tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, and verse 1. Hallelujah. Only one verse. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 1. Amen. This is mutual commentary between a, a king and the woman he loves. The love is so intertwined and it is so closely associated. Many Bible commentaries say that you can't tell which one is speaking. Sometimes it's the, the woman, sometimes it's the man. And the writer, King Solomon, did that on purpose because they are so much in love, they sound the same. The love is mutual. And this is a typology, a type and shadow of the church between our relationship and Jesus Christ. Because we are the bride of Christ. The church is a married woman. And the world has to understand that our love language for the Lord is so closely associated that when we speak our love to God and God speaks his love to us, it's so close and it's so intimate that others just don't understand. Praise God. But here, the Lord is speaking. And he says, I am the rose of Sharon. How many knows he's the great I am? He is the great I am. I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. The lily of the valleys. And I want to preach to us for just a little while, and I want to preach on this subject title. I've got a lily in the valley. Amen. I've got a lily in the valley. Jesus, we love you. God, I'm asking you, Lord, in the next few moments that you would anoint us. God, that you would minister, that you would pour ointment. God, that you would do whatever it is you desire to do in this time frame, oh God. In the name of Jesus Christ, clap your hands unto the Lord. Come on, clap your hands. Say, Lord, speak to me in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Thank you for standing. Amen. Several years ago, I had an opportunity um, to read a book. And in the book, the man was talking about kings of old. Uh, he began to list off mighty leaders, some good, some bad, some great men, some wicked men. 
and the power that they had and the influence that they had over people. He got to an old ruler from Rome uh, whom at the time his name escapes me, but his life will always be etched into the memory corridors of my mind. This particular ruler uh, one day sitting on his throne had got an inclination, a thought, maybe an hypothesis, if you will, to figure out what the natural language of Adam and Eve, the first man and woman, would be. So his uh, ingenious intelligence, if you will, or foolishness, whatever perception you would look at it, or his wickedness, he thought to himself, if I would get little bitty babies and I would put them and segregate them and I would make sure that if uh, no nurse or uh, no type of human touch or talk uh, that by default these little babies would begin to speak the original language. And so he got a group of uh, 50 babies, uh, cute babies and, and, and innocent children. He put them off in a dark room and they were only to be fed and they were not to be touched. They were not to be spoken to in hopes that he could figure out what the first language would be. Uh, and very foolishly, very wickedly, it wasn't long before these babies begin to die off because it is biologically proven that we as human beings need talk and we need touch and we need trust and we really need each other. There's something about the human touch that even God himself said how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Praise God. And so this, this uh, report about this king went on for years and decades and centuries about the wickedness of this, this powerful king. And I thought to myself, I'm so glad uh, that our king is not like that. As a matter of fact, the king that we serve is quite the opposite. Praise God. Um, he is not a king. He is not a father that would lead you off in some place, in some dark room somewhere, leaving you to fend all by yourself. Praise God. But the words will forever be etched into our mind that I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Praise God. Mm. I feel something moving right now. Amen. That no matter how many mistakes you make, as long as you are willing to get back on your feet and dust yourself off, I want to let you know that there is a God, that there is a king that's willing to go all the way. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm thankful for a king. Amen. That not only won't leave us, but a king that will talk to us. Oh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. God wasn't satisfied being up there and just speaking down here. He said, I've got to get amongst my children, and I've got to talk to my children. Oh, he's a God of close, intimate association and relationship. Even Proverbs 15.4 says the prayers, the talkings, the conversation of the upright are his delight. It's his luxury to hear the children's voices, to hear you in the prayer room, to see you in the living room early in the morning, calling on the name of the Lord. I want to tell you there's a lot of people in this world with a lot of money and a lot of skills and a lot of pressure. Prestige, but nothing beats a saint of God on a Wednesday morning that gets up and lifts up their voice to the ears of the king. Somebody just thank him for a relationship. Hallelujah. Amen. And not only does he talk to us, the Bible says that he will compass us with songs of deliverance. Oh, He's a lullaby singing God. Oh, it's amazing to me. I read an article not too long ago, and I was astonished. They said, I believe it was, 80% uh, of mothers and fathers don't sing lullabies to the children anymore. As a matter of fact, I believe the remaining 40% that do are over the age of 40. And I thought to myself, nobody's singing lullabies anymore. But I know a God that still sings lullabies 
I know a God that comes when you're in the middle of your trial and there's confusion and chaos and there's thunderings and lightnings. There is a song of deliverance that he, there is a song of peace. Hallelujah. What a God. Amen. We are his little children. Amen. He trusts us. They say you got to have three things in a family. Talk, touch, and trust. And I'm telling you something. The Lord trusts us. He's given us his word. He's given us his power. He's given us his name. He's given us everything. Such as I have, give I unto thee. Amen. This is why he said you shouldn't feel guilty praying for anything else. He's already given you his most prized possession. Amen. Himself. Hallelujah. He's given you his word. Amen. The Bible says he exalts his word higher than his name. Let me tell you something. This is why I said if you need bread, you need to ask the Father. If you need blessings, you need to ask the Father. If you need strength, you don't have to come timidly. He said let us enter boldly unto the throne of grace to find help in the time of need. What are you saying, Brother Poindexter? I'm saying Jesus is all you need. I'm saying Jesus is it's all you need. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. I'm going to preach about Jesus tonight. Amen. Because Jesus is a lot of things. Amen. The Bible says in the, in the book of uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, he says, my little children, I write these things unto you that you sin not. He said, but if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteousness. Amen. You know what an advocate is, don't you? That's a lawyer in the courtroom for you. Amen. The Bible says that Lucifer is the accuser of the brethren. He's a prosecuting attorney, and he's sharp, and he's slick. He knows all your faults, all your mistakes, all the old things you've done, but oh, he tries to bring up that false account to the ears of the judge, but I've got a lawyer in the courtroom. I've got an intercessor named Jesus Christ. You see, I got to preach this because there's a lot of people that don't think they got sin in their life. The Bible says all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 8, I believe, says, If any man says he has not sinned, amen, he says, he deceiveth himself, and the truth is not in him. But he said, if any man confesses his sin, Jesus is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But he said, if any man say, I have not sinned, he said, you are a liar, and the word is not in you. He said, forgive us of our sins daily. I don't care how righteous I get or how faithful I get. Every day I wake up, I know this old heart of flesh has been trying to recreate some sin. And God, I want you to forgive me and wash me. Yeah. Got a little snag, don't I? David said, there's none righteous, no, not one. Amen. That's why we've got to look to Jesus for our righteousness. But that old sly-footing devil comes along and says, yeah, you messed up. Uh, God's not listening to you. Uh, you've, you've lied too much. You've cheated too much. You've got too much pride. And the Bible says, I've got an advocate. It's an old word in the Greek called parakletos. Jesus used it as the comforter. Amen. That's the Holy Ghost. You want to know why you need the Holy Ghost? Because wherever you go, you've got an intercessor for you. Wherever you go, you've got a defense attorney. Got an intercessor. You know, an intercessor is somebody that speaks good on the behalf and it contempts, it contests with your bad. Somebody tries to put a bad report on you. You know, we've all been intercessors. We've all got good friends and somebody said something bad. He said, no, you know, they're not that bad of a person. Hey, Amen. You begin to intercede for them. God said, I've got an intercessor for my people. He said, and I'm their intercessor. He said, I've got an advocate named Jesus. Amen. That's the name of the intercessor. Jesus is the name of the Holy Ghost. Amen. People say, well, why do I need the Holy Ghost? Because you need a good lawyer when you stand before the judge. Clap your hands unto the Lord. 
got to remember to use these things now. Hair starts sweating. Hair starts shining. Praise God. They're like, is that anointing? I'm like, no, that ain't anointing. Amen. Jesus is a lot of things. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, you got to get this. He says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. You know, they used to sing this old song, the world didn't give it to me, and the world can't take it away. Why? Because Jesus is my author. I feel the Holy Ghost. This is why you don't get intimidated by anybody else at work. You don't get intimidated about the boss. I'm working unto the Lord. God gave me this job. God gave me this business. God gave me this home. Author and finisher. He said, you got to look unto Jesus, author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Ooh, my God. Why? He said, you're going to have to look to Jesus because there's going to be a cross you've got to endure. Amen. Galatians 3.13 says, the Lord has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse himself. Amen. For it is written, Deuteronomy 21 verse 23, cursed is the man that hangeth on a tree. What was he doing on that cross? He was becoming the curse so you can be blessed. He was, uh, he was becoming the sadness so you can be joyful. He was becoming filthy so you can be clean. So somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Oh, cursed is the man that hangeth on a tree. Oh, what a day that was. When the Savior, innocence, amen, was hanging on that cross and they pierced him with those needle-like iron pins and they poked him and pulled his beard out and his body was blue with bruises and his body was purple with more deep bruises and the blood was dark and thick like scarlet, but he hung on a cross. Why? So you and I could be blessed. Huh. You ready for this? Amen. The Old Testament tabernacle in the book of Exodus chapter 27 verse 16, God tells Moses, he said, I want you to build me a tabernacle and I want you to build me a doorway to get into the courts and before anybody gets into my tabernacle, they've got to go through some hangings first. He said, I want you to hang some fine linen, fine linen of blue, and fine linen of purple, and fine linen of scarlet, and I want it to be the needlework of the embroiderer. Why? Because before you can ever get salvation, you've got to look at the cross, and you've got to see the blue, and you've got to see the wounds, and you've got to see the, the blood from the Savior. Oh, in that Jesus said, I am the door. Before you get there, you've got to go through that cross. That's the hanging of Jesus Christ. That's what it symbolizes. But here's an amazing thing. Before you can get to the holiest of holies, there's another hanging there. See, that was Jesus, the first one. The second one is you. Before you can get to the holiest of holies. See, we all fine with Jesus hanging on the cross. But you've got to be crucified as well. Amen. You know what it's like uh, when life starts bruising you and friends start stabbing you in the back. Huh? Amen. You see the wounds. All of us have been hurt. Oh, that hot, bitter iron of bitterness. Amen. When you want revenge, but God said, oh, no. You've got to endure the cross. Looking unto Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Man, you got to endure the needlework. That's when things start poking on you and pulling on you. When depression is poking on you and pulling on you. When despair is poking on you and pulling on you. That's the work. That's God bringing it all together. You know, your wounds and your hurts and your tears are not in vain. It's the work. It's the needlework. That's why Romans 8.28 says this, for all things work together. 
all things work together for the good to them that love God. You know what they were doing when they were talking about you behind their back? They were really putting blessings in your life. You know what they were doing when you had you crying all by yourself? They were bringing you closer to God because all things work together for the good to them that love God. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Jesus. Come on, he's been too good for us. Amen. Not only is he an advocate, not only is he a, and he's not only is he an author and finisher of our faith, the Bible says that he's the bread of life. Amen. Jesus looked at him, John 6:35. He said, I am the bread of life. He that cometh unto me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Amen. You know what hunger is. It is the uneasy sensation of desire. Amen. When things get uneasy because uh, you haven't felt that, that belly full and Jesus is letting you know it's not about food. Uh, it's about the concept and philosophy of life uh, that once you get a taste of me, uh, you won't hunger for anything else. Uh, I'm the God that satisfies the mind, body, and the soul. Uh, I'm the God that satisfies families. Uh, I'm the God that uh, I am the bread of life. I'm the God. People try to find it in cigarettes and nicotine, and alcohols and pills, uh, pornography and pleasures. Uh, oh, but if you will just lay those things down uh, and if you will stump your feet on those things uh, and say, I'm giving everything up uh, for the bread of life, uh, God will open up the heavens. <laughs> Hallelujah. My God is the bread of life. Revelation chapter 19, verse 11. John said, I, he said, behold, I saw the heavens opened. That'll preach right there. Heaven's always open. Always got the vacancy sign on. Heaven's never closed up for anybody. He said, I'll open up the windows of heaven. Amen. Let whomsoever will come and drink of the water of life freely. I saw heavens open. And behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge, and he makes war. What John saw was God in his vengeance. He was going back to collect all of the pain and all the problems the adversary gave his children. That's why I said, ah, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. When somebody does you wrong, don't worry about getting back. There is a Savior that will avenge for you. When the devil's been on your back, there is a revenger named Jesus Christ. Amen. You lose things in a money deal, don't worry about it. God will help you get it back. You lose things, bad decisions, just pray. We've got an avenger named Jesus Christ. Amen. He's a lot of things for us, isn't he? Aren't you thankful it's not just one dimensional? Huh? I've seen Buddha in the old, at those restaurants. He don't look very multidimensional. One, one doctor was Looking at his patients, he said, does diabetes run in your family? Man looked at him and said, nobody runs in my family. I know, I'm sorry, it's my pastor coming out. Baby. Watch it now. Listen to what he says. John chapter 10, verse 11. He said, I am the good shepherd. And Buddha's not no good shepherd. He's not a good shepherd. There's a lot of people following him, though. I think that Jesus' name, people ought to stand up and say, oh, we serve a God that can meet you where your problems are. We serve a God that talks, and there's a voice, and there's a presence. We serve a God that went to the cross. We serve a God that bled for our sins, and his name is Jesus Christ, the Lord, faithful, mighty, and true. Hallelujah. He said, I am the good shepherd. Oh, the next verse said, he said, a hireling flees when the wolf comes. He said, but I, I'm the good shepherd. He was talking about a wolf that is rapacious 
amen, that comes and he's full of greed. He comes to extort the sheep. Extort means to take by force. I'm going to tell you something. There is a wolf called Satan, amen, that comes into your life and tries to extort your blessings and tries to extort your peace and tries to take your joy and your righteousness by force. But, oh, there is a shepherd that shows up on the scene that says, oh, no, not my little lambs, not my little babies. He's the good shepherd. Hallelujah. Man. Good shepherd. You know, the old, the old Hebrewic theologians, you know what they used to call God? There was a group of them they used to call God the old man. The old man. Because of his wisdom. Because of his experience. You don't get more experience than God. They called him the old man. Man, I look at Jesus, and Jesus looked at those followers and some of those that were there to fight against him, and he said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day. John chapter 8, 56, and they looked at him and said, you ain't even above 50 years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? John 8, 58, Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was. Before Abraham was, not before Abraham was, I was. Before Abraham was, I am. Woo. You want to know why the devil really can't go back to your past and accuse you of your past when you've been baptized in the name of Jesus and your sins have been washed away? Because when he tries to go to your past, there is somebody that's still standing there that says, oh, no, all that's been washed away, all that's been forgotten. <laughs> Clap your hands unto the Lord. Now, all of y'all that are too tired to clap, just take two peaky toes and just clap them together whenever you feel like it. Praise God. Whenever you feel like it. Hallelujah. Amen. Man, we got a God that is so diverse. We've got a lawyer in the courtroom. We've got an advocate. We've got a, a high priest. We've got a God that knows exactly where we are. Amen. John chapter 1, verse 29. John the Baptist, the Bible says he saw Jesus coming. Amen. And he said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the whole world. John recognized him said that's not just a man walking that's not just a man walking that's a lamb slain before the foundations of the world I'm gonna tell you something about that lamb Jesus said take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest for your souls let me tell you something about people that preach a hard God. I know God doesn't deal. I know God doesn't accept sin. I know God doesn't accept wickedness. And, and you better repent just as fast as you can. But let me tell you something. The moment a man confesses and forsakes his sin, mercy and grace and the gentleness and the lamb touch of God. I got a problem with men that preach a Jesus that don't meet me in my prayer room. I said, no, that ain't the same one. Hey, man, I know a God that looked at John and said, oh, do you know what spirit you're of? You want to call thunder down on people and you want to see people go to hell? Do you know what spirit? He said, I come to seek and I come to save that which was lost. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen, we serve a great God. Amen, Hebrews 3.1 says it like this. Wherefore, holy brethren and partakers of the heavenly calling, let us consider the apostle and the high priest of our confession. Amen, Christ Jesus. He's our apostle. He's our high priest. You know what the high priest used to do? Amen. The high priest, he would take a beast and he would, he would cut the beast up and he would lay it on the altar. But before he laid it on the altar, he would only take the good stuff. He would take the kidneys and the heart. He would take the good organs, but the, uh, how do I say this? Uh, the bad stuff. The dung. The guts. The refuse. The high priest would walk 
outside of the city with the bad stuff in his possession and he would burn it in front of everybody so everybody could see the bad stuff will be conquered by the fire. Watch this. Paul reminds the church in Hebrews chapter 13 verses 11 through 15. He says, Jesus did the same thing for you. Oh, he took your heart, didn't he? And he took the good things, the good character, but all your wicked ways and all your drunkenness and fornication and lying and stealing. He walked outside of the camp. And then the fire came down on the day of Pentecost. You know what he said in Hebrews 13? He said, we ought to go out and meet Jesus outside of the city. He said, with bearing the reproach of Jesus. What are you saying? You know, when you come to church, you know what you're doing. You're letting everybody see. Uh, this is where I take my bad stuff. Uh, I take it to the altar of God. Uh, and I let the fire of God uh, consume all of the lying, uh, consume my anger, consume my frustration. I let the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. What a God. What a God. Hey, man, I look at God and what he told us. Man, we are his little children. Hey Amen. You know, John, in the book of Revelation, he saw God sitting on his throne. He said, I looked in Revelation 4. There was God sitting on the throne. And I saw beasts that looked like eagles and beasts that had the face of ox and these weird creatures. And he said, I saw 420 elders bow down before the throne of God. And I saw them take their crowns off and throw them at God. And they were worshiping. And there were thunderings and lightnings. But when he got to chapter 5, listen to what he says. An angel stood up because there was a book in the God's hand. And he said, who is worthy to open up the book and loose the seven seals thereof. And the Bible says, John said, I begin to weep. There was no man worthy in heaven, under heaven or under the earth that was worthy to open the book. I begin to weep and cry. But Revelation 5, verse 5 says, And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not, for the lion of the tribe of Judah hath prevailed to open the book and loose the seven seals thereof. I want to tell you, He's not just a lamb. Our God is a lion. I'm almost done. I'm just trying to tell you who Jesus is. He's not just a lamb. He's a lion. A lion is aggressive. He's powerful. He's athletic. It's, he's elite. He can move. And God is letting you know God. Jesus is just not stuck on some cross. Huh? He's powerful. He's, he moves with force, uh, amen, and with speed and with agility. He can get places. He said, the lion hath prevailed. You know what that tells me? God will prevail in your life. Prevail means to go forward and bring, to bring success, conquer. Amen. The lion hath prevailed to open the book. He didn't just open the book. He can open up doors in your life, friend. Oh, I tell people. Amen. You hadn't known blessings until you started living for Jesus. Some of us couldn't even get ourselves together until Jesus came along. I'm telling you what, I've seen it time and time again since I was 13 years old. I've seen drunks and bums come off the street. Amen. But you just let them hang around the church a while. All of a sudden they got a job, got a car, got a family. Come on. So working a supervisor present because God opens up the doors. God looses the seven. Oh, I feel something moving on me. Oh, you know something. Amen. John began to weep. You know what it caused him to do? See, we don't get this part of the scripture. You, want, you know what stirred up the lion of the tribe of Judah? John began to weep. He opened up his heart of emotion. It did something to God. Amen. And it caused him to come forth. You want to know what happens when you open up your emotion to giving? See, he said you've got to give willingly. But watch what he says. He says, he that giveth, amen, he that giveth generously. Amen. Receive back from God generously. I'm going to tell you something about God. He's a reactive God. And if you open up your hands, God will open up his hands. And I'm going to tell you something. God got big hands. He 
He said, one finger I can cast out devils. I wonder what he would do with debt. Amen. Don't let the spirit of fear get a hold of your giving because the spirit of fear will keep you bound up. Amen. 1 John 4.18 says, because fear hath torment. I, I, I'm almost done, but hurry up. Fear hath torment. You know what torment is? Torment means it afflicts you by laws. It afflicts you by laws. You know what he's saying? If you let fear get the best of you, fear will come and put handcuffs on you. And I've seen people, I've been there, I know what it's like, because fear works on the laws of nature. And you say, man, if I give an extra 50, how am I going to get to work next week? But Jesus comes along and says, no, I, my laws are not natural, my laws are supernatural. So that's why he told Peter that had tax problems, why don't you just go fishing? You mean go fishing on a day like this? I need to go pick up some extra hours at work. He said, oh, no, you've been giving, Peter. Now it's my turn to give to you. I promise you. You know how I can promise you? Because the word of God says so. The more you give, he said, give and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, will men give back unto you. I'm in the Holy Ghost. When I tell this church, amen, you start giving like you feel it. And there's, nah, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You start giving like, like you know God wants you to give. And I'm telling you, I see people knocking on your door saying, man, we've got this and we've got this and you can have this. And people get, ah, I'm telling you, I'm in the Holy Ghost. Oh. Amen. You know what Jesus tells us in Revelation 22, 16? He said, I am the bright and the morning star gets all the way to song, Solomon 2, 1. He says, I'm the lily of the valley. You know what a valley represents? It's a low place. You say, no, nah, I'm all these things, but that still doesn't negate the fact that you're going to go through low places in your life. Not only is it a low place, it's a place that's low and it's surrounded by hills and mountains. A lily was only known for a few things. It was known not really because of its fragrance. It's known, watch this now, it's known because of its showiness. You know what Jesus is telling us? That even in your darkest moments and even at your lowest times, if you will look to me, I'll show you something. You know, a lot of people, you know what they do when they go through, when they're going through problems and pain, they pick up the phone. Jesus said, no, you look towards me. I'll show you better things. Give me Genesis chapter 14, verse 17, and I'm done. I'm going to show you something. See, the lowly place, the valley, is the place where despair comes and confusion. It's the place that people get bitter. It's the place that people get carnal. It's the place that people begin to wallow in their depression. It's the place of woe. That's the place that the devil comes walking. He comes walking in the valley. See, this, this portion of scripture, the Bible says that Lot was kidnapped, him and his family and all of his possessions. And he had a man, Genesis chapter 14, verse 17. He had a man, watch this now. Abraham was a godly man. And the Bible says his nephew Lot got kidnapped. And the only one that could come and save him was Uncle Abraham. Abraham gets his soldiers. He gets his family. And the Bible says he goes out to battle. And he comes back from the battle. He's weary and he's tired. He's been fighting. He's been saving souls. It's to the book. He's wore out. He's weary. And the Bible says the king of Sodom's coming towards him. Look where he's at. He's in a valley of Shaver in a valley. King of Sodom was a wicked man. You know who that symbolizes? The devil. 
symbolizes the spirit of bitterness. Watch this. Because bitterness will come to you close when you are weary and when you are tired and when you have been giving and giving and giving. Abraham's in a valley. It's dark down there. It's, 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 it's overcast. Here comes the king of Sodom. Amen. Comes in the valley. Next verse. Watch this. Amen. And look who else is coming. King of Salem. He's had a choice. You ready for this? The king of Sodom. You know what Sodom means? It means the place that burns. You in a valley. Yeah, some of you are in a place. It's easy for you to get bitter and burn with revenge. It's easy. And Bob, watch this. Melchizedek, the king of Salem. Because the moment the enemy comes, I don't know where this king of Salem came from, but you know what Salem means? Peace. Here he is in his valley. He's weary. He's tired. And now he's got the king of Sodom that is offering him something. Next verse. He blessed him. Go to the next verse. Next verse. I'm sorry. Look at this. The king of Sodom said unto Abram, give me the persons you take the goods to yourself. He's got two kings coming after him in a valley, doesn't he? One king's coming from the burning place. And I believe God knew what was going on in the mind of the king of Sodom. And out of nowhere, a lily shows up. Who was Melchizedek? We'll never know. Where did he come from? He just showed up out of nowhere. Because when you were at your deepest valley, there was a lily there. And Jesus is saying, no, you don't have to reach out in bitterness. You don't have to reach out to this enemy that's going to offer you pleasure and offer you this world and offer you drugs and alcohol and offer you women and offer you failure. He said, there's a lily in the valley that'll show up and he'll show you greater things when you are in the valley. Praise God. Let's stand to our feet. Why don't you give God some praise right now? Oh, that valley place. What's going on in your valley right now? Valley of depression. Valley of confusion. A valley of, of I don't know what's gonna what the future holds. A valley. What's your valley? It might be a valley of just financial duress. I don't know what your valley is, but you look at Song of Solomon chapter two, verse one. He said, I am the lily, not just the lily of the valley. He said, I am the lily of the valleys. You know what amazes me, Pastor Hood? Numbers 32, verse 9. Moses is reiterating to the people of God when they got to the promised land. He's saying, you went through the valley of Eshel. And by the time you got to the promised land, you were too discouraged. You know what the valley of Eshel means? It's just a valley of clusters. A valley of bunches. Just a bunch of stuff. You want to know why some people just can't progress? They just go through too much stuff. But let me tell you something. When you are going through your darkest hour, I'm telling you, look at the lily. Look at the good thing that God is trying to show you. We go through valleys. Don't we? we go through times of, of questioning God. Why? There's nothing wrong with asking God why. It's a question of intelligence. It's a question of leadership. When you ask God why, you're telling God, I want to go further. I want to go higher. I just need a stepping stone. And when you're in the valley, you want to go further. You want to go higher, but you need a stepping stone. And he's saying, ah, I'm, with you in the, I'm with you in the valley. That lily. Sometimes it's, you, don't, you don't get to look up. It's only mountains and hills. God says, just look down. I'm right by you. This is what David said in Psalm 23, verse 4. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
I will fear no evil. Why? I got somebody with me. All things work together for the good, friend. I'm telling I'm tell somebody, you can get bitter. Go ahead. And you can run if you want. But I'm telling you something, outside of this shepherd's reach is wolves and lions and bears. And I'm warning somebody in the Holy Ghost, if you don't get your act together, friend, there's a lion waiting on you. But if you will stay in the valley and take hold of the lily, there's something beautiful in the darkness. Before I came here, God spoke to me. He said, you tell my people that I am the lily of the valley and I am the bright morning star. You want to know why he said that? Weeping may endure for a night, but joy coming in the morning. Hallelujah. You know what the joy is? It's that sunshine. Jesus said, I'm that sunshine. He told us in the book of Revelation, he said, I will give you the morning star. That even in my darkest hour, I've still got a smile on my face. Still going to church early. Still giving tithe and offering. Still working my ministry. Why? Because I've got a lily in the valley. Even in my confusion, even in my anger, when my fist is beating against the wall, I still got a shout and I've still got a future. Hallelujah. I'm going to open up these altars, but when I do, I want you, just in your mind's eye, as you come to this altar, I just want you to imagine yourself walking the path of lilies. Each one of them saying, Jesus is saying, I'm still here. I'm still with you. I'm still with you. Come to come to this altar right now. Amen. Offer up some praise and worship as you begin to pray. I'm telling you, there's beauty in the midst of the storm. Amen. I don't have to get negative. I don't have to feel hopeless. I don't have to feel like I'm conquered. I don't have to be confused. Why don't you come and let God fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Amen. You've never spoken tongues before. Tonight is the night that God will fill you. God, in the name of Jesus, why don't you pray? Why don't you lift up your voice? Use those words. Let it become audible. Let it become manifest in love as you begin to pray. Come on, let that heavenly language begin to flow through you. Go ahead, speak in that heavenly language. Go ahead, let the Holy Ghost flow. Devil, you're a liar. Come on, devil, you're a liar. You do have a future. You do have a ministry. God is waiting for you. That's it. Beautiful. Beautiful. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working.
Keeper, light in the dark. 